0: Hello and welcome to PM Podcast. This is Sureshna, your host, bringing to you the best industry insights from the guests across the globe and industries. Today on the show, we have Maureen Kain from the Maureen Kain and Associates. Maureen is a subject matter expert in the management of workplace crisis and bullying, including sexual harassments and inclusivity. In today's episode, we are going to discuss some of the forever burning and relevant issues of the workplaces of every corner of the world. Maureen is going to cast light on the incidents of sexual harassment, inclusivity awareness, and workplace bullying, and share some of her experiences as a mentor. Hello, Maureen. Welcome to the podcast. So you know, as we discussed, that this is a very relevant and a very sensitive issue across the world. You know, bullying at the workplace. Inclusivity, behavior of the employees and the management. Uh, so the first question that I have for you is that I'm pretty sure that some people may not be knowing what an upward bullying at workplace actually is. How would you define these for them?
1: And look, absolutely, Lesha. This is something that I've known about for a very, very long time. But the last two years, particularly with the pandemic, I really started, you know, listening to my clients, not that I don't listen normally, but I really started listening to what they were describing and it was really heart wrenching listening to them describe how their employees were pushing back and, you know, on instructions and on valid instructions and particularly because we had a lot of people working from home so that the um, sense of power increased dramatically um, when people started to work in this new hybrid environment, which was their home. And it was really destructive, you know, watching businesses trying to be sustainable with the economic impact that COVID was having on their businesses. So I started doing a fair amount of research and started to look at what is this behaviour and saw that there is a little bit of research on upward bullying, but there's, there's not a lot. So it's something that I've become really passionate about and exploring a lot for and, and looking at what actually is up with bullying. You know, what actually, what are, who are the people that are demonstrating this behaviour? And what are some of the characteristics that they're showing? So that, you know, people in that hierarchy within the business, whether it's the team leader, supervisor or a manager or even a CEO or a business owner, um, how they can identify this behaviour and look at the processes that they should be putting into place to you know eliminate it or you know remedy it um, if it is actually happening as well. So it's um, the upward bullying is really around anger and aggression. It's really um, well defined tactics that the bullying the bully is actually perpetrating against those you know in
0: senior roles. Uh, so you know the awareness is somewhere lacking as we see. So what would be the primary method to create that awareness that yes, as an employee, you pick up? Yeah, and
1: that's that's a really valid um, question. The this uh, let's I'd like to take it from two sides. I actually think that because people have just lumped bullying behaviour into one big basket, um, you know, because there's a whole variety of different types of bullying. And until we pull it apart and have an understanding about the very uh, nuances that are linked to these type of behaviours, then we can start to educate the whole of the organisation to be aware of this type of behaviour. So if we've got upward bullying taking place, we need to be able to uh, educate um, our people who are in team leader roles, supervisors' management roles, of what this behaviour looks like and what are the processes that we might need to put into our business to um, eliminate it or eradicate it before it actually gets, you know, um, some vibrancy within the business. Then we go back to the employee level and we actually start to discuss it with the employees. Um, You know, and I've just been running some workshops just recently and I've been working with the employees and getting them to have an understanding about what this behaviour is and that this behaviour will not be tolerated because what actually happens is that once a person believes that they've got that informal power within that team, they will then pull on, you know, their, pull on their, their other co-workers to be part of the mob. And this is really quite dangerous and it's where I've actually taken calls from people who have, you know, been in leadership roles who actually have been mobbed by their team and it's Really destructive, you know, from a psychological point of view.
0: All right. So, as we know that there are many factors that instigate this behavior of bullying. So, what, according to you, is the primary factor in majority of the cases? Like, is it the sexuality or the gender or the skin color or something else that triggers that mentality? I think we actually have to. I
1: think we even need to look at industries in this because. You know, you can go into healthcare and it's primarily females that are doing, you know, all of the primary care for patients. It's then when you start to get into, you know, the the doctors, specialists and so forth, is that then you start to have a gender mix. And, you know, it's quite known, you know, within that industry um, that females are sexually harassed, you know, by surgeons and specialists and so forth. Um, And this is not something new. It's been around for a very, very long time. You then go into law firms and around 70, 73 odd percent of women say that they're sexually harassed within, you know, that industry. So it's really high, whereas you come back and you sort of look at a general, um, statistic, um, around about a third of people say that they're sexually harassed within the workplace. So, I think the thing is that we need to look at it, you know, as I said, more in line with the industry that it's actually happening. Um, I firmly believe, and I think this is one of the things that we you know, sort of touched on earlier on, was that I believe that bullying behaviour is the behaviour that underpins sexual harassment, that underpins discrimination, and that underpins all of these unacceptable behaviours that are taking place in the workplace. And until we really get down to that, and, and I think um, until we actually recognise that is the fundamental behaviour that drives uh, these other behaviours,
0: Alright, so I would like to correlate, uh, you know, bullying with the inclusivity factor because I think these two factors relate to a great extent. So how do you correlate bullying with inclusivity, especially in a hybrid or a remote workplace?
1: Um, In a hybrid workplace, I think the thing is that if we haven't talked about inclusivity in the context of what it really means, I... I think we need a lot more education around inclusivity and what that really looks like, because we could often just say it's gender or it's age, but it's much deeper than that. And inclusivity could, you know, mean you know full-time workers, part-time workers, casual workers, shift workers. Again, then it goes back into ethnicity and looking at how we embrace the work environment that we're working within. But I believe that for me, when we're working from home is that we need to look at inclusivity from a completely different angle and start to look at how are we collaborating with our employees so that we have that inclusive environment so people don't feel like that they're being isolated, that their mental health wellbeing is you know being challenged because of the environment sometimes that they might be you know, required to work from may not be an actual fact. Uh, a sustainable and high-functioning workplace like it would be back in their own workplace.
0: All right. So uh, as we are nearing the end of 2021, so I would like to ask you, like where do we stand on the scale of inclusivity at workplace globally right now?
1: I think we need an awful lot of work on this. I was sort of, when I've been doing the training just recently, I've been talking about inclusivity, inclusivity as being the fabric uh, every person is their own, like, they're bringing their own sense of, um I'm trying to think of the actual right word there, I often talk about thread. So, you know, if we're actually weaving a carpet and we've got a variety of threads that we're putting together within the carpet, is that if that thread is not twisted and it's not good quality thread, when we weave this fabric together, we're actually going to see, you know, breaks within, you know, the the woven fabric that we've got within the workplace. So I think that we need to, this is a topic that we need to spend a lot more time and having an understanding about what actually is inclusivity and how we talk about that within the workplace right across all of the different types of characteristics that people bring into the business.
0: You know, as a subject matter expert, I would like to know how do you look at the picture of 2021 and what turn could it possibly take in 2022 in terms of sexual harassment at workplaces?
1: Sexual harassment is not going away. A lot of people actually walk, you know, from a business and don't make the complaint. And that's really quite dangerous from the perspective of a psychological aspect, so that people who do walk away from an organisation or a business because sexual harassment has taken place, they therefore, you know, take a bear skin with them and therefore they're, they're less likely even, again, to speak up with something that's happening within that workplace. So one of the models that I've been working with is the speak up model and looking at how the organization can set a scenario, set the platform where people feel safe to speak up no matter what the behavior is, but also that then how management make sure that they've got the open door policy that they're welcoming, you know, the concerns that are coming in so that then people can feel uh, both that the managers are educated on how you know, they're going to handle these situations because sexual harassment is one of those things that's really sensitive and a lot of people, even in management roles, struggle to have that conversation uh, with somebody around this. And often it's said, look, if they've got problems going on or it'll go away, without not intent- not intentionally, but it's a, it's a really challenging topic at the moment and I think here politically, even here in Australia, We've gone through some pretty horrendous, um, situations, even in our own government, around sexual harassment and, you know, rape, um, alleged rape. And I have been involved in some of those, not within the public sector, but within the private sector. And it's challenging and it's life changing, you know, for the people who uh, have been perpetrated in this area. So I think we still need to have a lot more education around this. And I believe that, um, the education needs to be managers need to be educated better around this rather than giving it at the lip surface and having an understanding that it's bullying behavior that sits underneath this so we need to address all of this inappropriate behavior around how do we eliminate um or manage you know this managed sexual harassment taking place
0: So i remember Uh, discussing with you about the possibilities of sexual harassment at office-organized Christmas parties, which are going to start soon. So, uh, you know, looking at this hybrid and remote work mode going on for the last two years, how serious is it going to get this year?
1: I think, you know, where we're we're able to sort of meet um, in person and have these Christmas parties, I believe that, you know, like it's it's the fuse box, um, and when that lid gets lifted, um, that there will potentially be some sexual harassment claims that will, you know, take place. And I think the interesting thing is that because we have been working remotely, um, people are working outside of normal business hours, having discussions outside normal business hours, you know, a glass of wine or two in hand. And so the line has been crossed in some of those behaviours or in some of those discussions, and it's almost like giving it the red light so that when we actually come in and we're now going to be in person, some of those people filled with some alcohol are then going to, you know, enact, you know, the feelings, you know, towards that person and potentially, um, you know, and some of it will be unwarranted and you know, some may have, you know, have encouraged it but or not known how to handle it as well. So potentially we're sitting on a time bomb, you know, for parties that are going to be held in person. And I think that, you know, even if we talk about, you know, the Zoom type, Christmas party, it's really setting the boundaries and having an understanding about what is acceptable behaviour and what's not, and having some tough discussions with people and setting out, you know, what the culture of the organisation is that they're looking for, and, that you know, anybody that's found to be crossing the, you know, crossing the line will be, you know, um, disciplinary
0: managed. All right. Uh, so, I have one question about... This hybrid or remote work model. When it comes to sexual harassment, have you come across any person who has complained about getting unacceptable text messages or mails from their managers or their colleagues, which may look like a sort of a sexual harassment uh, over the you know social media or digital platform of communication? Have you come across any such incidents?
1: Absolutely. There was one in particular that I came across um, where the staff, the female staff, were salespeople. And they were told to dress, um, you know, with, you know, a, a top that had a, that would show a little bit more cleavage so that when they were having their Zoom calls, you know, that they looked, you know, that little bit more sexy and, you know, amiable to, you know, the, you know, the, the supplier or the buyer.
0: Right. So, irrespective of the gender, at times people don't feel comfortable opening up about workplace sexual harassment. How do you counsel them to be confident and combat that situation? That's a great question.
1: Um, I, I will go back to it's about how safe do they feel, how how psychologically safe do they feel in being able to approach a manager, you know like a, is it a male manager with this particular type of discussion? So it goes back to having a very transparent um, culture within the organisation. And also having there a a very transparent grievance process and making it so, you know and people knowing that they feel safe to be able to go and talk to somebody, you know, a, a manager about this, the HR manager, and that it will be dealt with in with more empathy, um and understanding about it takes courage, you know, to step up and make this conversation to make a complaint like this. So again, I go back to my speak up model and to the welcoming um, open door policy that people know that the managers in the HR department will walk the talk and handle these situations in a respectful and
0: diligent way. So the last question that I have for you is, of course, that we are nearing the end of 2021 and almost about to start a new year so, I would like to know, like, looking back at 2021 and then also forward to 2022, what would be that one common advice to all your clients and the people who face such situations of harassment and bullying and racism at offices and workplaces? It is
1: actually communication. And it's walk the talk around respect um, and the way that I, connect you know, treating people with the utmost respect, it is absolutely imperative. Um, if we can't be respectful, then with respect and trust are the two fundamental uh, values that will drive change and will drive inappropriate behaviour around bullying, sexual harassment, racism, inclusivity. They are the two. If we don't have respect or trust, it won't happen.
0: All right, Maureen. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was great hosting you. And honestly, your experiences as a mentor, I'm sure, have been very insightful for our audience. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Shanenta. I really appreciate it.